Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we chat with Bob Irving, the voice of the Blue Bombers, as they get set to take on the Argos Saturday afternoon. And we'll talk to Jordy Wilson of the Winnipeg Rifles as their season begins Sunday against the Regina Thunder. It's a football-heavy podcast. A quarterback change in Toronto as well. Nick Arbuckle is going to be starting against Zach Kolaris and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And for more on this, we go to Toronto now and Bob Irving. Bob, how does it feel to be on the road? Well, it feels different, Christian. There's no doubt about it. It's been a long time. The last, I guess, football road trip I took was in November of 2019. You might remember that game. You were there, too. That yeah, great that was a fun Calgary. time, wasn't it? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is different. Uh, you know, it feels good to be ready to broadcast another Blue Bomber game. I guess I would take a shot at Air Canada because my flight was delayed almost three hours out of Winnipeg, almost three hours. Now, uh, anyway, that was very annoying, and anybody who's traveled knows what I'm talking about. But other than that, I'm here, and I'm safe, and I'm ready to go. (laughs) Yeah, weather or whatever it was, you're there now. No, it wasn't weather. It was, yeah. (laughs) The weather's good everywhere. (laughs) We've all been there before, yeah. Yeah, we have. The Blue Bombers, uh, the injury report is out. Andrew Harris, again, is out. Uh, Maybe, perhaps, he'll play week four. Darvin Adams, though. Uh, we'll be back in, and Nick Dembski looks like, uh, well, he is not playing tomorrow. So uh, just looking at the injury reports here, to get Darvin Adams back, let's start there. How big a deal is that for the Blue Bomber offense? Well, that's a very big deal. He can stretch the field a little more than some of the other receivers they've had. You know, he's a veteran. He's had a couple of thousand-yard seasons. I don't know. It'll take him a while, I suppose, Christian, to develop a rapport with Zach Kolaris the way Kenny Lawler has, and it seems to have anyway in the first two games of the year. But you can't beat guys with the experience that Darvin Adams has. Now, losing Dembski is a, is a blow, and it's a minor injury. And Michael Shea told me today that they probably could have pushed him out there and hoped for the best, but he said that didn't make any sense, so they're going to give him the week off, and then he'll be ready to roar again next week. So it's kind of, you know, you take one outstanding receiver away and put another one in, and it's a bit of a soft, but uh, having Darvin Adams back is very welcome. And Drew Olatarski didn't practice this week. He is listed as questionable on yeah. the injury report, so we do expect him to play? Yeah, he's going to start. Um, I was at all the practices that were open, of course, and uh, he, he was out there every day. He didn't do much, though. Yeah, so he's got a minor injury of some kind, and they just didn't feel, again, it was any there was any point in putting him on the field. But, uh, you know, he's an important cog in that ratio. He is a Canadian, and with Dembski out, you know, it's important that uh, Wolitarski still be in there, and so he's obviously good enough to go, and he'll be at his usual, as they call it, the Z position. He'll be uh, one of the wide receiver spots. So looking at the Blue Bobber offense, we both quite enjoyed Kenny Lawler's uh, clip this week about him <laughs> saying that the team could be the best offense of all time. And, you know, you love confidence, you love expectations. But how? what is the ceiling of this Blue Bomber offense that hasn't had to score much because the defense has allowed 13 points through two games? Well, the first thing I'll say is that Kenny Lawler is not that familiar with the history of the Canadian Football League when he said this could be one of the greatest offenses in the history of the league. He doesn't know anything about those Doug Flutie days uh, in Toronto and or Calgary when Alan Pitts and all those great players were rolling up six or 650 points a year. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure that this bomber offense is capable of that. However, 
I understand where he's coming from. He thinks they have great potential, and I think we all do, Christian. They've only scored, I say only scored, 39 points in the first two games. Scoring is down in the CFL. Nobody's scoring a lot. So the Bomber offense is, is no different than some others. The one thing, though, that they're near the bottom of the pack in total yards per game, about 325, which is a quite a modest sum. But it's been good enough to win two games because their defense is playing so well. And the other thing is they don't give the ball away. It's the same old story with the Bombers. You know, win the turnover ratio and you'll win the game. So I think the offense is capable of more. They think they're capable of more. And they hope to show that tomorrow. That means run the ball better. They didn't run it very well last week. The running sets up everything else. Uh, Calaris has been pretty critical of his own play in some ways. He thinks he's missed some, you know, some opportunities to really make big plays. Now, he was 32 of 40 last week uh, for close to 300 yards, which is a pretty good day, especially the way things have gone offensively across the league. So, you know, I don't think there's a lot wrong with his game. But again, you know, these guys all strive per- for perfection. And this offense just feels that uh, there are some things that it can do better. And if they do them better, then we will see more points. Claris told me today, and I don't know if you've run the interview or not yet. I will. But he said, I'll yeah, the show. Okay, he said, you know, we just want to score more touchdowns. Plain and simple. We want to score more touchdowns. Well, who doesn't, right? But that's one of their goals this week. Well, and as you mentioned, you look across the league. We, we figured, Bob, going into this season, it would take a bit. Right to right. get the crisp kind of action that we were used to in the CFL. It's been 20 months, no yeah. preseason. It was going to be sloppy. It has been sloppy across the league, other than perhaps the Riders for much of their game, other than the second half against BC in week one. I mean, they put up over 60 points in their two games. But yeah. it, the Bombers, this is this is kind of what they do, though, even down the stretch in 2019. This is what we saw from them. As he's mentioned, ball control, great defense, and the offense does what it needs to do. Now, Strebler's not there anymore, and the big thing is Andrew Harris isn't there. How big would it be for this team to start 3-0 this year with the Grey Cup's best player not even in the lineup? Well, that would be pretty impressive, I would suggest, and I think they have a real good shot at doing that here tomorrow. But, yeah, I, you know, it's hard to measure what Andrew Harris means to this team. And, look, we all saw how good Brady Oliveira was in that first game, but Harris's contributions go beyond what he does on the field, and he's still very good on the field. We saw that two years ago. Now he is 34 years of age, and I'm presuming that he's the same player he was. And I tell you what, there was the second day in practice this week, Christian, where we were, the media were able to view the practice. Uh, he ran a fair bit with the second team, and he looked pretty good. He looked like Andrew Harris of vintage form. So he'll make a great contribution when he comes back in more ways than just carrying the football. It'll be catching the football, blocking, just kind of directing traffic a little bit on offense, which uh, only his experience allows him to do. So his return will be fantastic. It could happen next week. And it will only aid the offense in their effort to as they score more touchdowns and get more points on the board. Let's look at the other side of the ball. The Toronto Argonauts starting Nick Arbuckle. He came in last week uh, later than I think we all thought. The fact they didn't come in at halftime was a little bit odd, but he did come in in the third quarter. They immediately scored a touchdown, and then the next drive they fumbled, and the game was kind of over from there. But the reality was Toronto was in that game for, for much of it. Yeah. The Bombers didn't pull away until that, that John White fumble two plays later touchdown, and that really swung the, the thing. But having Nick Arbuckle from start to finish, how does that change things for the Argonauts tomorrow? 
Well, so here's the thing about Arbuckle, as I see it anyway. He's still, to a degree, an unproven commodity. He's had seven starts, Christian, in the Canadian Football League. Seven starts, and those were all with Calgary two years ago when Bo Levi Mitchell was hurt. And he was very good in those seven starts. He completed 73% of his passes, just over 2,000 yards, 11 touchdowns, five interceptions. And we were all very impressed, and we thought, here's a rising star. And I think we still feel that way about Nick Arbuckle, but the sample is still very small. So, again, I think we're all curious tomorrow to see what he's going to do now is the number one guy, the guy who's going to lead the Argos. Wherever the Argos are going this year, Nick Arbuckle will lead them there, at least I believe that. Uh, and he's a smart young guy. You just talk to him, and you're very impressed with him. He's got a confidence about him. You know, he can run a little bit. He's not a scrambler, but he can move fairly well. Uh, he reads. It appears that he reads very well, makes quick decisions. So tomorrow uh, is his first test under fire as a starter with the Argos. If he can pick up where he left off in 2019 with that impressive play with the Calgary Stampeders, then, uh, you know, the Argos are they're going to be in great shape. And they made a great effort to get him here. I mean, after it was Matt Nichols, and then I'm not sure how that all transpired. They had Nichols for a while. Ottawa had Arbuckle, and the next thing you know, the two have flipped around, and it all came to do with uh, whether or not somebody was going to pay somebody a signing bonus, and they didn't want to, and all the rest of it. Anyway, Arbuckle wound up here in Toronto. I know Ryan Dinwiddie, the head coach of the Argos, who was his offensive quarterback's coach in Calgary, loves having him here and thinks he can be a star in this league. So tomorrow, well, we start finding out maybe, eh? Uh, yeah, the journey begins. Looking at John White, though, he had such a good week last week in limited touches. I was kind of confused as to why the Argos weren't running the ball more. It's one yeah. of those things when you fall behind, you just you never run the ball. But the reality is he was giving you the best chance to gain yards last week. Yep. Do you think that we might see more John White tomorrow because of that? Well, okay, so the Argos, I would think, would plan to use John White a little bit more because he was so successful last week. But the Bombers have made a special effort to make sure that John White is not as successful running the ball this week. So if they take that run away early, I don't know if the Argos will stay with it or not. Here's the one thing the Bombers do, Christian. You know this. They stay with the run. They just stick with it because it's part of what they do. And if it gets stuffed early, they come back to it. Other teams are not so quick to do that. And we'll again find out tomorrow. Uh, Ryan Dinwiddie would like to throw the ball. I'm convinced of that with uh, Arbuckle. And Dinwiddie is a former quarterback, so he likes to air it out. Uh, I don't know how committed he will be to the run. White was very impressive in that game in Winnipeg, no doubt about it. The Bombers don't want that to happen again. But if the Argos are going to have the kind of balance to help Arbuckle, they'll need to try and establish that run. So that'll be that cat and mouse thing again tomorrow to see whether or not Toronto can get the run game going. Uh, but I can tell you right now, the Bomber defense has talked a lot this week and made a priority out of making sure that those big holes that White got in the game last week aren't there again. I'll get you out of here on this, Bob. Just looking around the rest of the CFL, I know you watch all of it. Uh, first impressions from the first two and a half weeks of the season outside of Winnipeg? Well, yeah, I was impressed with Montreal. They're playing in Calgary tonight, uh, Christian. I, you know, that's a game that I think I'm going to watch with great interest and see whether or not they can make it 2-0 and and whether Calgary, uh, just how they're going to survive without Bo Levi Mitchell. Man, oh man, you take, your, take away a star like that 
And the, the other two quarterbacks are, well, O'Connor played a little bit in Toronto, but uh, this other kid, Mary's never played at all. So, gosh, I don't know what's going to happen. If they lose tonight, they're 0-3. Imagine this. They could come in here next Sunday to play the Bombers into Winnipeg next Sunday and be 0-3. The Bombers could be could be 3-0. and And with a win over Calgary, they could, you know, in essence, bury the Stampeders in terms of catching Winnipeg in the standings. Four weeks in, wouldn't that be astounding? Saskatchewan's 2-0. They look good. Uh, Edmonton had a nice win last night to, uh, you know, to get their season. Yeah, that's my, you know, (laughs) a busy guy. To get their season off and running uh, out in Vancouver. Boy, the Lions didn't look very good at all. About 160 yards of offense. Yikes. Uh, They got to get that thing going. And then Ottawa's in Saskatchewan tomorrow night. Uh, the Red Blacks are one and zero. The Riders two and zero. I like Saskatchewan in that game. Hamilton's zero and two, and that's uh, it's a surprise for sure. Uh, but you know they can but turn the teams that they around. Lost to though are Riders and Bombers both on yeah. the road. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So you got to take that into account, no question. And they'll get Toronto back to back here coming up on the Labor Day weekend, which will you know provide us with a little more information about those two teams. And the Argos one and one. You know their defense. Toronto's defense played really well last week. Their defensive mm-hmm. front looks like it's the real deal. Uh, if they can get some work from their offensive line, I'm not so sure about their offensive line, but if they can do a job for Arbuckle, I think this Argo team can be pretty good. Bob Irving on the call tomorrow, 1 o'clock pregame show, 3 p.m. kickoff. Bob, enjoy yourself in Toronto. I will, Christian. Look forward to tomorrow's game. Pinball Clemens is going to join us live on the pregame show. That'll be entertaining unto itself. Let's talk junior football now as the Winnipeg Rifles start their 2021 season this weekend, Sunday afternoon against Regina at Maple Grove, and joining us to preview this is Jordy Wilson, the head coach of the Rifles. Jordy, an exciting time for your club this weekend. Absolutely. It's uh, almost like Christmas, so we're excited. Yeah, we're ready to get going. Now, all the rain we've had, what are the field conditions going to be like? Oh, God. Well, actually, we're practically indoors right now. Actually, we're at the uh, soccer complex inside of IG Field because of that. Uh, You know, isn't it... uh, it's Manitoba magic, right? Everything's in, in excess here. We can never have moderation. So it's either too hot and sunny or too much rain. The field is good now, but I'm kind of scared what it's going to be like on Sunday. And that's why you're practicing inside so you don't chew it up right now. Yeah, well, we have practice field there too. But even, you know what, the, thing, the other thing we were trying to be booked at yesterday because they are talking about so much you know, opportunity for lightning and everything else. And obviously they have lightning. We can't practice. You can practice on the rain, but with lightning it's a little difficult. And we just wanted to make sure we could have our last, practice could be a good one tonight so we figured a wise move to go inside so how much work has gone into this game heading into a 1 p.m start sunday when did your uh how long have you guys been practicing well we started june 28th um we did about two and a half weeks of conditioning and then we've been uh, essentially doing football related stuff i guess this is now i think week four or five somewhere in that range i can't even remember I don't know. the days are blurring together but uh it's quite a while it's been Quite a sojourn to get to this point. I, I mean, it's without question, it's been the you know the most work and difficult season to get started that we've ever been involved with. So, it, but it's it's good. I mean, we're here now, and the the horses are you know we we've had them out in the pasture, we had them in the barn, and we we'll gave them some exercise. They're standing in the paddock right now. We're going to get them to the gate on Sunday. We're going to let them loose, and hopefully, they run really fast. Is there a, a need though to make sure like you're not over ramped though? 
Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the interesting part is we're so young now again. Like we last year, we had to play last year. That was kind of disappointing part. Is it typically in age-related sports when you have multiple ages? You know, once you get to be the senior group, you, you usually have a, a competitive advantage. And we had built to that point. And then through COVID and as a result of COVID, a number of kids graduated from college or university, got their red seal. The girlfriend wanted to buy a house with them. You know, those kind of things got in the way. So we lost a number of, of those kids because uh, life got in the way. And now we're starting with a lot of young guys. So the good thing is ignorance is bliss. They're fired up. They think they can take on the world. And we're right along with them. And let's go. So what kind of matchup does uh, Regina pose for you? Well, this would be, in CFL vernacular, this is like Labor Day or Banjo Bowl for us. Um, there's no love loss between either one of these teams. Uh, we don't particularly like them, and they don't like us. This will, without question, will be probably the most physical game we'll play all year. It'll be a old-fashioned slobber knocker, I'm sure, and I guess depending on what the field conditions are and the weather, it could be some real old-fashioned football. We'll see what happens. But uh, they're, they're a very good football team. And, uh, you know, they historically are. And, I mean, we'll see how, you know, how many guys, because we don't, we just seen their roster today. So we're looking, going through it. They do have some returning players, but they seem to have lost some guys too. So we're excited and it, it should be a fun, intense game. Well, that's the thing about junior football. There's always going to be turnover as people age out. But the fact that there was Absolutely. no season last year adds to that, right? So mm-hmm. are, should we be expecting maybe some, uh, some growing pains, maybe a little bit of sloppiness in the first game here from both sides? Oh, yeah, I would hazard a guess that would be for sure. Because, I mean, no one's played. You know, we played an inter-squad game. We tried to simulate a game two weeks ago with full officials and full specials, old Canada announcers, the whole deal. But you can't play. You can't, it's hard to simulate a real game, right? So this will be – there will be some mistakes without question. And, I mean, well, like you talked about guys getting too fired up and all of a sudden blanking out what their responsibilities are and forgetting that kind of stuff and making some mistakes. But if they're going to make mistakes, we're just telling them to make them at 100 miles an hour, and then uh, we'll deal with consequences after that. We'll correct it and move forward. In terms of the roster on your team, what's the breakdown as to who is from where on your roster? Sure. We have, most of the kids are from Winnipeg, but we do have – we've got kids from Northwest Ontario. We've got kids from Ford. We've got kids from Dryden, from Kenora. We've got kids from Saskatchewan on our team as well. So uh, – from moving rural Manitoba, we had some I got a young fella from Burden. We got guys from all over the place around the province and you know close by, so it's good. It's fun. Is it uh, normal across the CJFL that players tend to stay close to home? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, the BC Junior League will typically have more. What do you want to call them? Imports or whatever, um, because just they have six teams out there and they don't have like to fill rosters. They just wouldn't have enough like quality guys to fill. So they, they try to recruit a number of guys off the prairies um, typically, but uh, yeah, for the most part, like the Saskatchewan and the Alberta teams and us obviously traditionally would be the vast majority of the roster would be from the local province and local area. So if people want to check out the action Sunday, uh, again, remind them where they can, where the game is sure. and how they can get in. So this is, so it's at, the same time Mustangs Field in Maple Grove Park, and it's at one o'clock on Sunday. You buy tickets at the door, and if the weather gets tumultuous, you can actually go to our website, and all our games are live streamed throughout the season. So you can go on there and you can watch the Winnipeg Rifles from the comfort of your home if you'd like. We'd like to see you out there, but hopefully the the weather cooperates. But if it doesn't, you want to watch from home, you can do that as well. Well, Jordy, appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this, and best of luck this weekend. Appreciate your interest. Thanks very much. Have a great night. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? 
You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m., of course. That is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell, until we meet again. Come on and thanks for all that they should. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect.